What is up, everybody? Welcome to the first ever Dudes Who Bet Sports. So you want to bet sports, but you need some advice on how to cash in big at a heck of a price. Well, if you want enough money to line your shorts, then you're in the right place. This is Dudes Who Bet Sports. Dudes Who Bet Sports. It's your favorite show. Dudes Who Bet Sports. Where degenerates go. Dudes Who Bet Sports. Time to change your approach with Aaron Holderman and his father, the coach. Let's try. Well, Associated Press is full of shit. What is up, guys? Welcome back to the Dudes You Bet Sports Show. We are live on a Thursday. We haven't been on for a th- in on a Thursday in a while, Papa Dude. How are we doing? Doing great. How about you? Great. I think this is going to be one of our better shows because no. we get to talk <laughs> about stuff we're very excited about. Obviously, the Final Four. We'll talk about that. Arkansas Derby. Uh, we're going to talk a lot about that. We're going to be live there at Oakland. And then obviously we'll talk a little bit about the Florida Derby as well. I like it when we mix in the racing and the uh, sports. Yeah, we've been doing that lately. It seems to, people seem to like it. And uh, we'll kind of go through, I think what we're planning on doing is go through horse by horse on the Florida Derby and the Arkansas Derby. And maybe if we have time, we might do the fantasy at Oakland too. So uh, it is kind of fun to see how we kind of go through a card or a, a race, especially you, mm-hmm. and kind of go through some things, maybe give some tips. Uh, most of our people that listen to this are pretty good horse horse people, though. But anyway, somebody might be kind of new and might get a tip or two. And it is kind of interesting to see how, see how we do it. Yeah, a lot of people kind of gave us feedback on the Will Rogers show, which uh, was our our highest rated show ever, uh, oddly enough. I think it was because we did the Sunland Derby live as well attached to that. But yeah, a lot of people really enjoyed uh, not not just the handicapping part of it, but just the ideas of why we're doing what we're doing, why we're playing tickets this way or that way. So yeah, we'll do that a little bit with those two big races for sure. Sure. before we do, I think we should go into the final four. Let's cover it first, uh, since this is our sports show. Uh, so I'll pull up on the screen now. The final four, uh, obviously going to be on Saturday. The first game of the night will be Villanova and Kansas. By the way, uh, two great matchups. Yeah. Uh, Villanova, Kansas. Kansas, a four and a half point favorite here. Uh, all right. Where are we going, Papa Dude? Well, first of all, you're right. They couldn't have gotten a better uh, four-team card. So yeah. this, is, as we said uh, the other day, the seedings were just god-awful. But look what happened. They ended up with an incredible final four. Um, I looked it up for an article. Uh, Kansas has won the most games ever. I, I think that's right. Yeah, Kansas has won the most games ever. That means ever. I'm not talking about – no, it's final. It, it's it's a tournament games, the, right. most, the most ever. I think North Carolina is next, then Duke. I think they're like second and third or third and fourth. And then Villanova is tied for ninth. I mean, all four teams are in the top ten in <laughs> tournament wins. That's incredible to get them yeah. in this matchup. So if you like basketball, uh, this is – your dream. I mean, these games are just really, really good. And looking at Villanova and Kansas, um, there's not hardly anything to choose from, in my opinion. I think that line is too high. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I picked Villanova to win it all, so I'll have to stick with them. Kansas is playing 
remarkably well. And when I started diving into statistics, which I don't usually do, but kind of was looking at some something that I could pick that might tip me off on somewhere to go on this game. It's really interesting. Did you realize that Kansas was as high a scoring team as they are? I did not realize it. I did not either. No, no, they're averaging almost 79 points a game, which I never would have guessed. Never would have guessed that. Yeah. Uh, these two teams are just identical in so many ways. Uh, Villanova re, uh, relies on the three a lot more than Kansas does, which I knew they did, but not as much as they as the, the statistics show. I think they've shot or made uh, about 55 to 60 more threes than Kansas, which I found out pretty interesting too. So Kansas is more of an inside type team. Uh, if it comes down to free throw shooting, this was the one difference that I found that could be a key in this. Villanova shoots 82% from the free throw line. That's wow. the best in the country. And that is that is unbelievably good. Kansas is not bad. They're around 72, 73%, which is, for these kind of teams, pretty average, to be honest. So I'm going to go with Villanova because I, I I don't like that point spread. I think that's too many points. And I, I'm going to go with them. I picked them to win it all anyway. But I'm telling you, Kansas is playing super right now. This is going to be a hell of a game. Both of them are playing super. We yeah. have talked about Villanova for months now. And, and we the story is the same every time we talk about it. They started off a little slow. They got a little better. And then late in the year, uh, in the tournament, and now in this in the big tournament as well, They've just been awesome. And Kansas has too. You're right. They, they really got caught fire. Uh, yep. The Big 12 tournament, they played really, really well. Yeah. And obviously, uh, really well. After the second round, you know, Creighton kind of gave them a scare. After that, Kansas looked good. Yeah. I, the points make it easy for me. I, I have a hard harder time picking a winner. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for the points, if you're going to give me four and a half points in Villanova, I'm taking them. Yeah. Um, I, I just feel like. I don't know if Villanova will go all the way and actually win the game, but I don't see how this is going to be more than a four and a half point spread here. No, I think it's a, I think it's a down to the wire game. Uh, again, it all comes down in, in any game does shooting. If Villanova can't hit that three ball, then we got it. We got it. Maybe where Kansas can spread it out. Yeah. It always comes down to shooting. You know, basketball's really simple. You got to <laughs> make shots. Just ask Houston. Houston would be in this game if they could have hit a three-point shot. But yeah. when you miss 19 out of 23s, you're not going to win against a good team. And they could not make a three. And they were good looks. They weren't forcing threes. They just couldn't hit them. Mm-hmm. Got to make shots. Villanova's going to have to hit some threes. But they do most games. So it, it it's a great matchup. Uh, Kevin here is saying go over the 133 points mm-hmm. over under. Uh, let's see, that would be 67, 66, somewhere in that ballpark, 70. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's not a bad, that's not a bad pick. I'm thinking it's going to be right in that ballpark. Villanova doesn't play fast. Yeah. And they can slow this game down. Uh, I don't, I don't, I could see that game being 67 to 65. I could. But uh, it's not a bad bet, though. 
Kevin says over and Dennis says under. So we got some disagreement on uh, what the point total is going to be. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I'm not playing the point total in this one because I've seen Villanova. That's kind of the special thing about them. They can win a game 51 to 49. if they, yeah, have they don't, to. And it doesn't bother them. No, no. And they can also win 71 to 70 if they have to. Um I really, I really think that versatility, it kind of makes it tough, but it's, it's going to depend to me, Villanova is going to dictate the the pace. They're going to do what they want to do. Uh, and I, it's a guess. I, I think they're going to try to slow it down. I do too. Uh, so I I'm iffy on the, on the point spread one way or the other, or on the uh, over under one way or the other. I, mm-hmm. I, I have a great admiration for both these teams. Oh, I do and too. I really think they're obviously if you've made it this far, you're coming in hot, but <laughs> these two really got going into yeah. the regular season and, and they, they just look really, really good. Well, and breaking it down, they both won nine out of their last 10 and the last nine games. Yeah. They won. That's identical. Um, but you know, Kansas can play slow too. That's the thing, you know. They're, they 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 want to speed it up. I'm sure they're going to want to speed it up. But but if the pace is slow, they've played some. You know, they played Texas Tech, Texas TCU. The Big Twelve is fairly slow, and they've played in that, so that's not going to be anything. I looked at the coaches. How can you? Is there an advantage there? No. Yeah. There's no advantage. These guys have been in this situation so many times. Is there an advantage for either school as far as experience playing in these games? No. There's no advantage. These schools expect to be in this situation. They're not just hoping they get there. They expect it. Is New Orleans a factor for the crowd? No. I think Kansas will travel better. I mean, Kansas is notorious for traveling. Yeah. I think they'll have more fans, but will that be an advantage? No. Villanova beat Houston in San Antonio. It didn't bother them. Yeah. Nothing's going to bother either one of these teams. So you got no intangibles that you can pick from. It's just going to come down to man on man and see what happens. It's going to be a great game. Well, I think you said it best. It's going to come down to who makes the shots. <laughs> it really is. It's kind of like in a football game when two teams are evenly matched. It's going to come back. The winner is probably going to turn the ball over less times. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and whoever makes the shots here are going to win. Uh, before we go on to our second game, if you're watching Gulfstream Park Live, uh, kind of a, a good and a bad thing. Uh, I had a 12 to 1 morning line uh, horse on top. He wins. He comes out of the gate at six to one and he crosses the wire at seven to two. So that's the only bad thing. <laughs> so 12 to one morning line, I knew we wouldn't get. Horse gets bet down to about six to one. I was like, okay, that's great. Yeah. Uh, comes out of the gate at six to one. They're turning towards the backside and he drops to seven to two. So what are you going to do? But yeah. Uh, Isabella, Isabella's dream, the one horse at Gulfstream Park, uh, top pick winner for the site there. So I was, I was listening to you and watching that one, Gate to Wire, uh, for that runner. As Julian Leperoux, if he gets on the lead on the turf, he is tough to pass. All right, let's move on. North Carolina and Duke. That's the second game of the night. Duke, a four point favorite in here, despite the fact North Carolina disposed of Duke rather easily the last time they matched up. Will Duke get revenge in this uh, game? Well, I think most of us would agree these two teams are the direct opposite of the last two we just talked to. They score. They get up and down the floor. Yes. And they score. So this one is the one you want to go over the over 
I, w- I would think. Uh, I've seen a lot. I was on a lot of sites today, kind of just getting an idea of what people are thinking. A lot of people are going over on this point spread. I don't have it in front of me. Maybe somebody can tell us that's in the chat. But uh, I think it was somewhere around 155 or somewhere in that ballpark. And I could see this being an 82 to 79 uh, type of game. Mm-hmm. Um, again, breaking it down, when you look at stats, there's not much to go on here. Uh, there is one thing that I did notice, but but again, this was uh, early in the season when Carolina wasn't playing very good. When I, I looked up how they did against tournament teams in the regular season, teams that made the tournament in the regular season, Duke played six, uh, 10 games. Mm-hmm. And they went six and four. North Carolina played 11 games against tournament teams, and they went four and seven. But we all know that North Carolina did not play well early in the season. And if you've seen them in this tournament, uh, they're playing pretty well. Now, this comes down to Coach K, right? Mm-hmm. And all of the all of the press and all of the um, you know all the hype and all of that. How will the Duke players handle it? It seems to me like they were having trouble with that early in the tournament. They're not now. Seems like they've gotten that out of the way. And I would think if you make the final four, the pressure of that is kind of off of you a little bit. I would yeah. think if I was a player, uh, this is uh, the Duke uh, sweet, uh, elite eight game. It's the best I've seen them play. Uh, and I've watched them quite a bit. Uh, I'm going to take them in this game. I think they get revenge over North Carolina. I think Duke's playing as good as anybody right now but i always caution people when you're putting the ball in the hole and you're scoring in the 80s that's pretty basketball and don't overlook ugly basketball like villanova does so mm-hmm. uh they do look the best wouldn't you agree them in kansas maybe i mean, i guess you guys throw carolina in too but I thought I thought Duke looked really, really good past the second round. Like the Sweet yeah. 16 and the Elite Eight game, I thought, yeah, they look good. You yeah. know, I did not think they looked good the first two games. Uh, but yes, uh, I do. But I, <laughs> my deal is this. Who's really played better than North Carolina in this Oh, game? nobody. All, all the way through. For You know, what if – and I – it's hard to play what if, but they beat the hell out of Baylor for three quarters of the yeah. game, basically. And then the, the the second part of the second half, Baylor makes this amazing comeback. What if North Carolina just would have, you know, beat them by 10 or 12? Say they made a comeback, but North Carolina still beats them. What if, you know, Brady Bannock doesn't get kicked out of the game? Stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, all of a sudden you're like, damn, they, they, they killed Baylor, you know? So right, it's another one. I think if for the money line, I'm picking Duke. I think Duke wins this game. Mm-hmm. The spread scares me here. It's uh, a little little high. But here's where I went with. I ended up, after I'm going to talk myself in a circle, I went Duke minus the four. Mm-hmm. My thought was with the high-scoring games, you you tend to see – you know, late in the game, that, that that lead might extend, you know. So it might be close for a long time, and then in the end they win, you know, 83 to 75. But really it was like a two, three-point game the whole time, but a higher-scoring game, a little bit bigger point spread to me. So yep. I went Duke minus the four. Um, it could – I'm uh, that's I'm not confident in that one. I'm more confident in Villanova. Yeah, 
well, let's kind of let's look at their path uh, to get here too. Uh, let's see what each team kind of had to do. Uh, Duke had to get past Michigan State in the uh, second round. That's a tough win. Mm-hmm. Michigan State's going to play you tough. Uh, then they dismantled uh, Texas Tech, right? And that, yeah, stomped them. Yep. And then in a game that I thought would be much closer than it was, they beat Arkansas. Yep. And I have high regard for Arkansas. And they, I didn't think, I thought that game would be tough. And they, they pulled away from them. Okay, so then you you look at uh, North Carolina. Uh, they beat a good Marquette team, which, by the way, I picked Marquette in that game. <laughs> then they, I did. Yeah. Then they beat Baylor, and then I believe they had UCLA. Yep. Right. That's a good. That's a good ball club. Yep. And then uh, this is not going to make people happy, but. I would rather play St. Peter's than anybody else in the Elite Eight. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. They've not had it quite as tough to get there as Duke. Yeah. They got a break by having to play St. Peter's uh, in that. So, anyway, I it, it can go either way here. I just think they caught Duke at Duke to end the season kind of in a funk about Coach K's last game. I think there was too much celebration going on. Mm-hmm. And and I think Duke's going to come out and beat them, um, but I I could see it going the other way too. That's what both these games. I mean, that's why they're going to be so good. Well, I mean, they're blue blood blue blood programs. Oh yeah, and there's a lot of pride. Uh, and you know, you're not neither or none of them are going to be. You know, they might be nervous, but none of them are going to choke or you know, going to be. Yeah. It's not going to be too big for them. Stuff like there, that. There is a coaching thing you might look at in the Carolina Duke game. I don't. Yeah, I don't because I think uh, uh, Hubert Davis and that is yeah. I just get him confused. Anyway, what a job he's done. I mean, twenty-eight nine, uh, succeeding uh, Roy Williams. And this this may you may not agree with this, but when it comes to in-game basketball coaching. Now, I think coaching basketball is extremely hard when it comes to get the players in the right spot and run the right plays and have a good game plan and switch. But when it comes to in-game basketball coaching at this level, right? as long as you're not Bruce Pearl, I don't see a lot of mismatches. I really yeah. don't. Like, most of them know what to do. They do. Once they get into the game, right? And he's he's a basketball guy. You yeah. know, he's been around. So I, I didn't even look at that, to be honest. Yeah. I, I really didn't. It, because you can make the adjustments. You could call the perfect plays. You can set up out-of-bounds plays. You can do all kinds of stuff. You still got to make a basket, yeah. you know? And I, I, don't, I don't see this as a mismatch. I didn't mean that at all. He just hasn't been in this situation. But he's been part of the Carolina program that has been in this situation as a coach and a player. This is not unusual for him. He knows what to do to get a team ready for this. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it'll be much of a factor. I, I yeah. think we're both kind of in agreement there. All right, yeah. let's get to a few comments, and then we'll get to the Arkansas Derby and the Florida Derby. Uh, Ashley was watching a golf stream with me there and uh, and was able to cash in on that. But, yeah, I'm sure you noticed as well there, Ashley. <laughs> Six to one down to seven to two and no that was not my bet my bet was in well before because i have a show to do and so uh, i had that already in uh dennis is liking duke here uh he's taking first half minus two and then duke minus four for the full game 
as well. So Dennis is on Duke. The over-under, uh, you asked about it. It's, mm-hmm. It uh, is at 151 and it opened at 152. Um, it, again, I could see it going either way. Uh, you know, it, it, it is a rivalry game, grudge match, so to speak. You want to call it that? Maybe it's ugly for a while. It shouldn't be, but I don't know. I don't really like over-unders in basketball. Never have. I don't either. And again, that would be 75-75 to get to 150. Yeah. A lot of points in a final four game with a lot of pressure. You know? Yeah. And college basketball has been pretty low scoring. Um, except for these two teams, though. They can really score. So They can. They can. And they shoot the ball really well. So. Yeah. 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 Uh, let's see here. Kevin says Duke wins by 10 plus. He thinks uh, Duke defends the three exceptionally well. And that's uh, what UNC excels at. UNC had the easiest path, like you talked about. Uh, you know, in, in Kevin's opinion, had a weakest nine seed, then uh, a depleted Baylor team, a UCLA win, which he says is good. And then St. Peter's. I think we can all agree while we love uh what happened with st peter's oh yeah we all agree that's the team we would want to play out of the out of the last eight not even close not even close yeah uh dennis says first time they played duke won by 20 unc came back with revenge won by 13 why are they making duke the favorite because they're going steamroll unc so (laughs) it it it, you mentioned uh, a little bit earlier dennis it, it feels a lot like the georgia uh alabama you know where, where alabama beat them pretty badly in the sec championship Georgia comes back and beat them in the national championship. It does seem similar. Yeah, it, it does. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really believe to a man, Duke thinks they're better than North Carolina. I don't think you're going to have to convince them that they think they're better. Yeah. So this is a factor too. Jason took the under both games. It's, it's tough getting used to the shooting in those stadiums. That's true. I agree. Um, I remember uh, OU, the, the two times we were at the Final Four when uh, I've been alive anyway, they shot like shit both games, and they were good shooting teams. Buddy Heald was terrible in the game, and then uh, uh, way back when Hollis Price couldn't make a shot. Both yeah. great three-point shooters. So. And, it, yeah, these big old uh, uh, huge stadiums you and I have been. Yeah, it's weird. And it's a weirdest seating. Uh, I hated it, didn't you? I, mean, I absolutely hate it. Oh, you made it to the Sweet 16, and they played in St. Louis at the uh, Edward Jones Dome. I don't know what it's called now. I don't think I'll even use it now, but it's where the Rams used to play when they were in St. Louis. And we thought we had pretty good seats, and we were in the end zone. We weren't very far up, but the end zone was like 100 miles from the the floor. And it's just a weird place to have these things. But, of course, they have them because you can get 50, 60, 70,000 people in there. You can't see, but anyway – you're right. you're in the arena, and that's about it. Yeah, exactly. We were we were, I want to say like twenty rows off the floor, and you needed binoculars. It seemed like so. Yeah, I, I hated it. Um, Kevin says with the OU background, are you rooting for Manic or against him for leaving? Never liked him because <laughs> he sucked at OU. He really just, did. He's not the guy I saw play <laughs> at Oklahoma. I mean, he could shoot it. wasn't on great teams. I'll give him that. Yeah. This guy is rebounding and defending, and all these teams in the Big 12 would do is get a mismatch with him, and yep. they'd have to take him out because he couldn't guard anybody and he couldn't rebound. So it uh, doesn't, doesn't matter to me one way or the other. Same way. I'm apathetic about him because he really didn't do all that much at Oklahoma for me to love him or hate him. I mean, 
he would get hot and make shots and he's still doing that now, but he, he didn't do anything else. I I'm, I'm not rooting against him. I oh, absolutely that. not. But you yeah. know, it's halfway through the season. This is the truth where I realized he wasn't playing. Yeah. <laughs> well, and he was, he, that Carolina. he was that, he yeah. was a lot. He, he was, he was a factor when he was hitting a three and that was it. That was it. A, he, he yeah. was like Peja Stojakovic, if I'm pulling like a name from a long time ago, not that long, but long enough for the NBA. It's like when he's making the three, he's great. When he's not, he's a liability. He's he's changed his game. He looks great uh, right yeah. now. All right, yeah. Catherine Page, she's getting yeah, let's not to piss her off. Let's get she's going. Getting a little impatient, and Catherine, I am too. She said, "Somebody tell me when they start talking about the Arkansas Derby." Guess what? I'll tell you what. Let's piss her off even more, and let's do the Florida Derby first. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're not going to do that. Oh, you mean we're doing the highlight first? Okay. <laughs> oh no, we're doing the Arkansas Derby. It's near and dear to our hearts. Of course, we will be there Saturday, and we can't wait. Uh, we were Monday. We were at Will Rogers Downs, and now Saturday at Oakland Park. Similar tracks, right, Papa Dude? Oh, what a letdown this is going to be. Going. <laughs> to... <laughs> Let's talk about that just a second. Okay. First of all, it's the coldest seventy degrees I've ever been in my life. It was freezing cold at seventy. I degrees. was freezing. I didn't warm up till midnight. After we got home, and it was seventy degrees. Yeah. And that wind was blowing a hundred miles an hour. Now, I don't know what kind of tracks some of you guys go to, and I don't want to knock the riders because it is what it is. But there were two out of the nine races where the PA system did not work. Right, Aaron? Correct. And so here's here's why this is important. People will, who cares? There's a video screen. No, No, there are no video screens. So if you don't hear the PA, you don't even really know they're running. And that's what happened to us twice. They were on the turn. I was like, well, shit, they left the gate. I didn't even know that they, they broke. So. Yeah, one of them was the second race. Yeah. And we're sitting here, and Aaron goes, oh, my God. And they were almost to the turn for uh for home. Yeah. Before anybody even knew the race was going on, because you cannot see them over on the backstretch. And it was un- unbelievable. And another time, I've never seen this before, a horse, they were in the post parade. And the horse just stopped. Mm-hmm. They won't go any farther. So they got to messing with it. And the horse got pissed and he bucked. Yep. And he went completely over, flat on his back. And it mm-hmm. went, and both of us said, well, there's one we don't have to worry about in a race. That horse will be scratched. Yep. No one even came and looked at the horse. <laughs> the horse popped right up. There's somebody gave that jockey a leg up and nobody even looked at it. <laughs> Where are we? Yeah, he's got back on the horse and the horse ran. Now, I I was told when they got to the gate, they looked at the horse. Okay. So what it was, and I guess maybe this is a small track thing, There were the vets at the gate. There's only one. So that's what happened there. Okay. So they did check him out, but it was kind of a weird optic to see that and be like, what? (laughs) I thought we were going to see a death at the track when – Oh, horse yeah. bucked, and the lady, uh, the handler was right underneath him, and that was scary. Miraculously, the horse did not hit her oh. in the head. I, I, he could have killed her, I think, if he wanted to. 
So yeah, if, she, if that that was scary, and I saw on Twitter uh, the daughter of the lady that had the horse, uh, it, it almost got stepped on. She mm -hmm. was like, I was worried sick because I guess the the track feed caught it because the horse was the winner of the race. Yeah, it was going to the winner's circle. So they were yeah, the cameras on it. Man, that was scary. But yeah, the horse just kind of jumped right over. I mean they. They uh, they're pretty amazing how they can avoid uh, stuff like that. So. Yeah, yeah, it, it was. But anyway, yeah. Then the uh, highlight, obviously, Cage Bear won the ninth race yeah. after we talked about that horse. So and he is go. a horse. He is a horse. Yes, so. he is. Um, so this is going to be a little different. Uh, yeah. Oakland, I believe, a little bit better quality of horse. Uh, we're going to be talking about here. <laughs> well, let's talk about him. We've got the nine up on the on the board here. A mile and an eighth, Grade One race, obviously. Uh, the Arkansas Derby. Uh, listen, it, I just kind of described it. It's a field that has a ton of potential and it could go one way or the other. We could be leaving Saturday like, Ooh, this may not be a very good field. Or we could be leaving saying, well, maybe that horse who just stepped up big time today, uh, is going to be able to win or at least compete, uh, you know, successfully in the Kentucky Derby. You said you wanted to go through them one by one. We'll start with number one, Cavid. Uh, this horse has set the pace in every Oakland prep race this year. Uh, it looks like on paper he's going to do it again. What are your thoughts on Kevin? Yeah, he, he gets out in front every time. Mm -hmm. uh, that's the only way he can run, evidently. But he can't maintain it. Uh, I like the horse. I think if they get away from Oakland and start putting him in some smaller type races, you know, he's going to have a good career. But I just don't think he's got enough speed to win this. And uh, so I, I didn't look at him very much because of what he's done and, and all the stakes races that they've run down there. So I don't really like him too much in this one. What about you? Nope. Not a fan of Cavid. Uh, I, I think he, he had his chances to finish the job against weaker horses. Uh, now we're facing a little bit better field. If you wanted to throw him in, a, in the third or fourth spot in the bottom of a try or super, I would not argue with you. Uh, but I think that's kind of his ceiling. Let's move on to number two chasing time. Uh, the Steve Asmussen runner was an impressive allowance winner Two races back, last time out in the Rebel Stakes, kind of a no-show. Didn't really do much. Uh, Asmussen's been hot. What do you think about chasing time? Well, I remember what I was watching the day he ran that allowance, and he he looked like he was getting ready to blossom, and then they put him in the Rebel, and he finished fifth. Uh, as you said, you know the owners. He's going to take some money, you think, right? Mm -hmm. No question. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he might improve under Asmussen. I just, I have a hard time betting on a horse that didn't run very well in the Rebel, and I thought the Rebel was a very weak field. So that kind of eliminates him for me. Same for me. I, I'm not a big fan of the Rebel, and this horse was not even in the top four in the Rebel, so he will just have to really improve. I know uh, his 5,000 owners uh, for my racehorse will, will, will be backing this horse and probably don't want to hear me say that. He's got to go out and prove it this time. Uh, you know, the Rebel was not good for him. Number three, Barber Road. All this horse has done is hit the board in almost yep. every, actually all of the uh, Kentucky Derby prep races at Oakland Park this year. Mm -hmm. What do you think about Barber Road? I could have sworn I saw where that horse scratched. I guess no. I didn't see it. No. Um, fake news. Fake news? Okay. Yes. Uh, I thought I saw that on Twitter. I really did. Uh that would be uh, a shot a horse you got to throw in, I think, if you're playing uh, exotics, you know, if you're playing trifectas and that sort of thing. The horse has got a chance, no doubt. Uh, I, I, I could see this one coming in there and 
and upsetting a lot of us that are rooting for one particular horse. Mm -hmm. This was scary, I think. Uh, Dennis agrees with you. He says Barber Road has to be the play at this moment at eight to one. I'm going to totally disagree with both of you guys. I don't like that horse at all to win underneath. Obviously, yeah, he all he does uh, to win to upset. I don't want any part of Barber Road in the spot. All right, number four is Doppelganger Tim Yachtin. That's right, Tim Yachtin trading this horse instead of Bob Baffert. Doppelganger, one of those horses that was transferred away from Bob. And now in the barn of Tim Yachtin, so they can earn derby points here. Doppelganger uh, has been beaten pretty badly twice at Santa Anita against Stakes Company. Comes to Oakland for a little bit easier spot. What were your thoughts on him? Well, I'm I'm kind of like you. He hasn't really done anything in races where he runs, mm-hmm. right? So I don't think this is one of Baffert's. I'm still going to call it Baffert's. Uh, right. Better horses. I hadn't shown much. Um, he's three to one, I think, because it's a Baffert horse more than anything else. I mean, I would probably have to play him in, ex- in uh, exotics, but I'm not picking him. Yeah, I don't like this horse uh, that well either. Uh, the horse is a, is an odd one for, for Baffert because he doesn't have any early speed. Usually his horses like to get out to the front and kind of run you into the ground or at least be up within range. This horse has no early speed. I think uh, definitely getting a little bit weaker field uh, in this one. But, yeah, kind of an underneath horse for me. I I did not put this horse, or I will not put this horse uh, in my multi-race wagers. But, you know, tries, supers. I think Doppelganger does make a lot of sense. All right, let's talk about the the Rebel winner, number five, Un Ojo. uh, Upset Rebel winner, huge price came in here. What do you think? Can this New York bread do it again on Saturday? I don't think we can dismiss him. I, I don't. I mean, I thought he was impressive coming up the rail like he did, got, you know, um, showed a lot of uh, kick down the stretch. So can't totally dismiss him. I just don't think he's going to win it. I, I'll be disappointed if he does. Uh, so, I, again, you got to consider him if you're playing exotics. I don't think he can win. As Kevin says, throw out every Rebel horse and then start handicapping. That's kind of how I viewed it. Uh, I, I did not like that Rebel at all. Uh, if you guys were, were watching us uh, live that day, you know, we didn't really like it. We didn't think those horses would come back. Here's the big thing. He's a lot like Call Me Midnight last week in the in the Louisiana Derby. I didn't bet Call Me Midnight in LeCompte at a huge price. I'm sure as hell not betting him in the Louisiana Derby at a shorter price. And that's the same way with Uno. I did not want any part of him in the Rebel. I'm not, so I cannot take, you know, five, six to one on him, uh, you know, in the Arkansas Derby. Now, if you bet him and you want to bet him back, well, I get it. Because yeah, sure. you cashed on him last and I get it. For me, that never works out when like a 40 to one wins and then I'm on him next time out. It just, it doesn't work out. So, I'm uh, I'm really against Un Ojo here. Page says, or Catherine Page says, I can't convince myself the Rebel was a fluke for Un Ojo. I I don't know that it was a fluke just as much as those horses weren't very good no. and he kept running. That's where I'm at with that one. So I, you know, I I, I think Call Me Midnight beating Epicenter and Lecomte, that's a fluke. Like I just that's a total fluke. This one. It's weird that he won and, you know, he's a huge price, but it's just more of they they just weren't very good. When Newgrange didn't show up, 
somebody had to win and yep. and he was able to do it. All right, let's talk about next the Philly number six secret oath for D Wayne Lucas. She has dominated her class and her division, I should say. Now we're taking on the boys. Now we're stepping up in competition. All right, what do you think of your girl secret oath? Well, she won't be five to two. I'm gonna guarantee you she's not gonna be five to two. If you can get four to five, I'll be surprised. I really want to. You don't think she'll go down that low, but I do. Because the field is not very strong. And everybody at Oakland wants her to win, mm-hmm. I think. I think she's going to get a lot of money on track betting. Well, on track, and she's a Philly. So yeah. they always get bet, too. And Lucas said he's already got half the crowd rooting for her because she's a Philly. So he's going to get all the women. <laughs> say he's going to have all the women on his side. He's just going to get a few of us men. And he's got me, that's for sure. Yeah. Because I am a, a, a huge uh, uh, Lucas fan, as are you, mm-hmm. as is most of the racing dudes, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, we know there's going to come a day when D. Wayne's not going to be at the track. Yeah. And that's going to be a major hole to fill. Yeah. And it's going to be a loss for me, personally. I know that because I enjoy listening to him. I enjoy seeing these horses. And I think most of us have the feeling this is it. This is his last great horse. Mm-hmm. The man is 86 years old. How long can he keep going? You know, I hope he lives to 110. I hope he's out there. I'd be great. But we know, you know, and, and, and so this, I think this is making this even more intriguing for us. It would be a big story if he was 70, if he was 60. Yeah. But 86, the horse has pretty much come out of nowhere, right? I don't mm-hmm. think real high rated as a two-year-old. Uh, looks beautiful. Uh, I've seen a lot of pictures of her lately on the uh, Oakland, uh, not Oakland, but on Twitter. Nancy Holtis has put some pr- pictures on there. Beautiful horse. Looks huge. Looks big. Uh, I told uh, Sandy, I said, Sandy, you're going to see the prettiest horse you've ever seen. Yeah. Because they'll have. She does it. look great. Yeah. She looks fantastic. Uh, she just destroyed everybody down there that she's run against. But they're. We're just really afraid of the competition that she's she's run against. But I've heard you say this a million times. When you slaughter them, you know, that means you're pretty good. And this horse has not had any sweat winning the three races that it's been in down there. I think she's better than anybody in this field. I really do. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm a total expert on horse racing because i'm not mm-hmm. but i know when a horse looks good when it heads for home and this horse just destroys the competition i mean destroys it so yeah. i'm looking forward to it uh, i'm going to be really disappointed unless she runs well and gets beaten and you know you, you, you don't worry about that yeah. but if she's a no-show that's going to be a real disappointment it would be disappointing for sure. I, I I talked to Jared on the phone earlier today, and I said, "Man, I'm I'm getting nervous about it." Yeah, I said, you know, I get you get nervous for your bets and stuff, and I'm just nervous because I think you said it best. You know, I kind of thought we'll take charge might be Lucas's last good horse or Bravazo, yes. and, and it, it looked just, like it. It, it, it did, like it. and it's it's he hasn't had a good one in a while, and now it's like this has definitely got to be it. So, 
uh, it definitely makes it, you know, that much more, uh, you know, intriguing, important, however you want to put it. Here's the thing. A lot of people say she hasn't beaten anybody, and it's true. Absolutely, 100%. Name any horse in this race that's beaten anybody any good. There's not. This no, is not no. a great race. If she no. was in the Florida Derby, I would be worried. Mm -hmm. This field, she it's can beat them. She can beat She has the best number already, and she hasn't really looked like she's gotten out of first, second gear, whatever you want to say. If she improves, or even if she runs that same number, she's right there. Yeah. So I think she's got a great shot. Does the jockey situation worry you? Yeah, it does. Experienced, young, easily the biggest race he's ever been in. Yeah, it's it's worrisome. It is worrisome for sure, uh, but I just have to think that if Lucas thought this jockey couldn't do it, he's not stubborn enough. Yeah, to leave him on there. Yeah, and I think he could pick up a jockey somewhere that's more yeah. well known. So I think he thinks this kid can do it, and and I, I worry about that a little bit. Uh, but you know what? If this horse does what it's done. Yeah, there's a lot of people that can ride it, I think, to a victory. Uh, it's scary because he almost got her in some trouble in like a four or five horse field last time out. I was freaking out about. But we'll see on that. That's any jockey makes me nervous. So, I, you know, I, I don't know. But we'll see. It's 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 definitely a question mark for sure. Uh, all right. Let's move on to number seven, Ben Diesel. I don't think this is a horse that yeah. I have any interest in. No. Uh, well, has had know. some perfect chances and couldn't get the job done. Now faces this tough field. Any thoughts on him or just uh, no. move on? No, no thoughts. All right. Cyberknife, that's a horse that I am uh, excited about. I've been excited about for months now. Uh, mentally, just not quite there. Really kind of uh, all over the place. You know, not very mature, but has some talent. Brad Cox comes in. He got second with a horse kind of similar to this, Zozo's, last time or last week in the Louisiana Derby. What are your thoughts on Cyberknife? You know me, I don't like a horse that hadn't really ever done anything, you know, and he's had some opportunities. Uh, I don't think he would be eight to one if he didn't belong to Brad Cox. Yeah, I think that's part of it. I mean, he could come out of nowhere, no doubt, because as we've said, the field's not that good. Cox is a great trainer. I like the guy. And uh, I, I just I I didn't really give this one much thought. I really didn't. All right. And then, well, I, I think. It's hard for me to pick a horse that's kind of goofy to win a, yeah. a big race like this. I, yeah. I would just like, even though he won last time out, he's still kind of, I don't know. He got the lead. He's kind of messing around, cocking his head. I'm just worried about it. I do think he's got talent though. So maybe an upsetter there for me, but didn't take him just a hundred percent serious. This is one I really did. Number nine, we, the people, and boy, this horse has been flawless in two starts. Uh, before before his debut, I got a text from from uh, somebody on the backside. He said, "This is the best three year old Oakland has on the backside." Yeah. So uh, we'll see if he can do it. He's two for two, big maiden win, big allowance win. What did you think of We the People? That's uh, you hit it right on the head. And I saw him win that allowance. Mm -hmm. He looked like Secret Oath. And how about this? I'll, I'll, I'll throw it up there real quick. Uh, I remember Bree commenting a while back there. We'll get to your comments right after this. Uh, we the people getting Flavian Pratt. So Florent Giroux sticks with Brad Cox and takes Cyberknife. And that means Flavian Pratt gets the mount mm -hmm. for Rudy Bursette on We the People. I think it's a positive. What about you? Yeah, I do too. Yeah. 
I, I really like this horse. I think if anyone's going to beat Secret Oath, it's this one. Uh, if, if, he just he just had the look, and I've seen pictures of him posted this week. He is gorgeous too. So, mm-hmm. yeah, this one scares me to death. Yeah. All right. Before we give our top pick, let's uh, go through a few of the comments here. Doppelganger made a nice move in the San Felipe to finish strong second. Uh, anyone would have looked like a bum next to Forbidden Kingdom that day. Horse guy, Mike, you're probably right. Um, That just didn't set up well for him at all. Uh, He will look better on Saturday. No doubt. Um, Let's see. We got some more here. Uh, The optics on the Baffert transfer are terrible. Totally agree. Just really makes horse racing look like a joke to outsiders. Wouldn't you agree with that? I mean, us that follow the sport, we kind of understand why it happened, what happened, all that. But if you tell an outsider that, they're like, what? What's going on? Oh, I, I know they. It, it's hard to understand. It really yeah. is, unless you're on the inside, like like uh, you are. Right. It, it doesn't make sense. It really doesn't. I mean, uh, we, Sean, we know what's going on? This is nuts. You know? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Everybody knows Baffert's still training that horse. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but Sean Willis says if Epicenter, if if Cyberknife wins, Epicenter is going to be three, almost three to one at Derby Day, probably so. Um, let's see. We got any more? Uh, talk about this. Oh, does the lack of arrogance success as a sire worry you? Um, for me, no, would be my answer. I, I don't take that into account. Did what about you? you? Know, I heard uh, Lucas say the other day, now I don't know whether he was mm-hmm. telling the truth or not, that Bafford told him that Arrogate was the best horse he ever had. Yeah, no, that, that's definitely true. I've heard that before. Yes. So, no, doesn't worry me at all. No, I'm not worried about it either. Um, you know, he really didn't get a chance to do much because he passed away. Um, you know, a lot of times a sire might get out to a slow start and, and then get hot uh, late. So, yeah, no, it doesn't worry me. And this, if it was a situation where we hadn't really seen the source and what she could do on the track already, yes, then you might say, I don't know, that arrogant, he didn't do much. But, I mean, we've seen she can run. So after that, I don't really take it into account yeah. uh, much here. Horse Guy Mike also saying Pratt greater than anybody. And that <laughs> could be uh, very right. The immaturity has always been the point with Cyberknife. Uh, that horse is supposed to progress, uh, not be ready for January, February stakes. Uh, whether that happens, another story. It's put up or shut up time. Exactly. Um, we'll see what happens. Yep. We'll see what happens on this one. Um, all right. Okay. So let's get to our picks and this is a good way to do it. Papa dude, please talk me out of the hometown hero. Exact the secret oath. We, the people, will you talk Catherine out of that Papa dude? No, I will not. <laughs> that's what I like to, I don't bet exactus, but that's, yeah. that would be a good one. I don't think it's going to pay much, but, uh, it's better than losing. So I hope that's it. I hope it is. Although, really, I kind of hope we the people's not up that close. <laughs> That's the one that scares me. I, in this race, I'm not objective at all because I'm rooting for D Wayne and I don't give a shit about anybody else. And that's just the truth. I, I, I won't bet this one because I just don't. I just won't. I just want to enjoy it. And I and that's what I'll do. Unless unless that horse is seven to two or something like that, then I might. But yeah, I'm a fan. Um, I'm a fan, and I'm going to enjoy this. Uh, Lashawn Welch says we the people going to win this one by four links. Uh, this horse is bred to get better uh, with every race. 
that's the worry. I picked Secret Oath to win the race. I'm definitely scared of We the People. I think it's a two-horse race. I, I think it's Secret Oath or We the People. I think we turn for home and we see We the People take over. We see Secret Oath making that move, and it's just going to be a you know who gets to the wire first right. from there. Um, we the People does have that tactical advantage, but you know it's only his third race and it's his first stakes race, and you know first time going a mile and eighth for both of them, so you kind of throw that up, but. Well, yeah, you know, Secret Oath hasn't raced against anybody very good. Neither is we the people, by the way. But she has a lot of experience. She's got a little more foundation. Maybe that makes makes the difference in a race like this. I I just think Secret Oath, if she gets a clear trip, I think they're going to have a hard time holding her off. Um, that's it for me. Cyberknife is kind of the one and third that I think is going to happen. I'm going to leave Doppelganger out of it and then maybe try to catch a price with yeah. I think that sounds good. I'll just leave us with this. God is good, but the <laughs> horse racing gods are not. And that's what worries me. How many times have we had our hearts broken oh, yeah. like this? The horse racing gods don't give a shit that Secret Oath's affiliate <laughs> Wayne's 86 years old. I'll just tell you that right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Kevin says, yeah, even with a win, uh, would you roll back to the Oaks with secret oath? It all depends if she wins and it's not a very fast race. Yes. If she yeah. wins and I don't, you know, I'm not saying she's going to, but if she improves, if she gets better, if the numbers get better, I don't think the Oaks will be a thought in their oh, mind right. to be completely honest. Um, yeah. but if she wins and it's just average, I think, I think so. Uh, they've been very reasonable with this horse. They have. And I've he heard said that. all along, I'm not running her against a bunch of, of yeah. you know, superstar males. It's not going to happen. Yeah, so. he saw the field, he, or he envisioned what the field yeah. was going to be. He knew she could win. And I don't think he would have put her in this race if he didn't think so. Mm -hmm. Like I said, if the Florida Derby field was in this, I'm not sure she would be in it. And And the thing is with it, this is a race where, He's got the oaks already cinched. Yeah. It's a perfect situation to run her. Yeah. There's no reason to run her in a fantasy. There's no reason. If the owners say go for it and you got a chance to win, why wouldn't you put her in a million two hundred and fifty thousand dollar race? Mm -hmm. I mean, you got to run her. And like you said, if she's impressive and she wins fairly easy. I'll bet all 50 bucks I'll have in my pocket by that time on Saturday. Yeah, he'll be in the Derby. Yeah. I just don't think they can resist unless the owners say no. Yeah, for sure. Uh, a lot of people saying the same thing. We are secret oath. We the people. That certainly seems to be uh, who the race is between. Alex Henry says the same thing. Uh, that is all. Uh, Bree says dead heat. Secret and we the people. Uh, find one horse. If blank wins, this means no one in Arkansas is good. I mean, Uno Ho, Barber Road, Chasing Time, Cabot. If those horses that have been running in these races win here, then it's not very good because they, they've proven they're not very good uh, anyway. I think um, it, I think it's been weak at Oakland this year. It the, has. In the yeah. state's races. Um, maybe yeah. for the last couple of years. Uh, James Hill says it's not like Secret Oath's 92 buyer makes her some killer in here at what's likely two to five. True. Good point. Good point. Uh, don't care about buyers, but any speed for figure you look at, she's not a standout. She has the top time form figure, but not by a ton. Um, my thing is this if she's two to five, 
run as fast as you can to somebody else because that means there's tons of overlays on this board. I, I just don't see a world where she's two to five. I think she's like eight to five or two to one. Yeah, you, you're probably right. Um, she is a Philly. And yeah, that's going to take money to other ones, though. The, the uneducated uh, better is going to bet her because yeah. it's Philly, but the smart guy is not. They're going to take that in consideration. I'm not a smart guy when it comes to this because I'm betting Dwayne Lucas just because <laughs> I want him to see. I want him to win. Yeah. If I was really smart and that horse got down to two to five, three to five, four to five, I definitely would not but uh, would not bet it. It'd have to be two to one probably before I'd throw money on it. Um, but I'm not going for that. I'm I, going because I'm a fan. I think at the end of the day, I'll probably end up betting we the people if 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 this prediction is how everybody seems to think that she's going to be bet so low. She should be about where her morning line is. That's where it's at. Right? I think so. Yeah. That's about where she should be. That five to two makes sense. That's about, I mean, you don't want to bet this horse because like James says, and he's right, she, she's not a huge standout here yeah. from a numbers point of view. So if she gets down to six to five, even money, you don't, that's not really something you want to bet. It's she's not going to be a five to two. Yeah. I, yeah. Okay. Well, my dream is dead. Uh, what are the weight differences? Bree asks, uh, uh, Secret Oath does get a weight allowance. So she'll carry 117 pounds. That's the lightest of the field. That that's makes a factor. Sense. Yep. Yeah. That would okay. be a factor. For sure. It's going to be a great race. Cannot wait to see wait this to one. Steer. Uh, it's just, uh, yeah, that's why we're going. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. All right, let's move on now to the Florida Derby. A field of 11 comes in for this one. Um, I don't, I mean, you said you want to talk about all of them. I don't know. Do you, do you really want to talk about all these? Because this seems pretty top heavy to me. I agree. And there's so many, I just, I just want to kind of mention one of the first books I ever read about horse racing and, and it was how to make betting a race as simple as you could make it mm -hmm. is you look at the odds and when you see a 50 to one, scratch it out, just scratch it out. Because what are the odds of it winning? Not good. So, <laughs> yeah. So don't waste your time on yeah. it. There's a reason why that damn horse is 50 to one. So we got a field of 11 here and I see about five that I don't even look at. <laughs> yeah. Not, not seriously. Yeah. I'll glance at them. If there's something that comes out like number nine, a little, there was a little bit in there for me on number nine at 20 to one. Did finish third in the Fountain of Youth, which was decent. So might look at that. Okay. Good point, JL. <laughs> That's what I said. I said the odds of a 50 to 1 winning is 50 to 1. Yeah. Well, it's really like 250 to 1 when you get right down to it. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, anybody that says they go and they make money betting 50 to 1s is a liar. <laughs> they might they once out of 50 might, days. Exactly. They lose a hell of a lot of money yeah. if you hit that 50 to 1. Yeah. So there's like a bunch of 30 to ones on here. Um, so when you do that, then you, then you get into the meat of it. So uh, this is not my track. I don't know much about it. I, I've heard of three of these horses. <laughs> <laughs> well, four of them. Sounds like I'm going to do the heavy lifting on this. You're going to do the, I'm going to give you my picture. You're going to tell me what's wrong. Okay. I did. Uh, 
what was the race we watched? Was it the Risen Star or the Fountain of Youth we watched? Was Fountain of Youth. Fountain of Youth. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't have it in front of me. I did see simplification in that. I yep. picked the horse. I loved the way she ran or he ran in that. I like him a lot. So he's on top for me. Uh, I don't know what the deal was with the seven. Mm -hmm. What was the reason she, uh, he did not run? Well, uh, this horse kind of, he spiked a fever a couple times okay. this year. Okay. Now, the plan all along, though, was to skip the Fountain of Youth. The plan okay. all along was Holy Bull and then to the Florida Derby. So um, while he he has had a little bit of trouble, um, the plan was never to run in the Fountain of Youth. He said okay. right after that they won the Holy Bull, we'll see him back in the Florida Derby. Okay. So, Take it how you want. I I don't. It doesn't really bother me. It, okay. it didn't bother me. Well, I like I like that one too, and then I, I'm going chalk here. I like the two, uh, also. So I think it's a three horse race. Um, if I had to throw an upset in, I might. I don't know. The five kind of had a little bit there that kind of liked. Uh, so that's where I'm at. You know, I, I kind of. Oh wait a minute! Wait a minute! I forgot what? the six. I forgot the six. They'll charge it. Yep. Yep, that's a Pletcher horse that's been blowing people away. Mm -hmm. So that one's scary. That's scary. It could get in. So let's see. Where do let's start with that because Dennis had a comment here. Charge it is an auto toss, a complete toss, toss the source, a manual period. No, he's not a manual. He's charge it. That's number one. Number two, you may not be uh, wrong about that though because. It's going to be tough from a horse that comes out of a maiden. And now we're going to run in a grade one Florida Derby against horses that have been winning prep races. Uh, Classic Causeways won two prep races. And of course, White Abario in simplification won right here over this track. It's not the Emmanuel problem. It's just the, it's an any horse problem. You got to be really, really good. Um, I thought Emmanuel was, and he wasn't. I think charge it's pretty decent, but I don't think, He's going to be good enough to get the job done here. So uh, really tough spot to, to try it. Um, for me, I went White Abario on top. And I picked Simplification to beat White Abario in the Holy Bull. And he didn't break well. And White Abario got a good trip and, and was able to win rather easily. Um, Simplification didn't break very well last time out either. And this is worse than has speed, but he just he doesn't break anymore for some reason. I, I don't know why. Um I just feel like this race is going to look a lot like the Holy Bull if simplification is near the back of the pack, like he's been. That's why I went out of Barrio. I think he sits right behind the two and the six. I think they get out early and kind of duke it out. I think White Barrio sits right by, behind him. I think he he passes him at the top of the lane. Maybe there's a little bit of fight back from one of them, but I think I think he gets the trip again. I think he gets ahead. And I think simplification runs on late and can't catch him. I see a very similar setup as the Holy Bull in this one. So I went wide a Barrio on top. That's good enough. <laughs> I mean, I, have you got simplification second? I do have simplification second. I got a ton of respect for that horse. Um, yeah, and great, great point right here. Bree brought it up. But uh, does simplification rock in the gate? So uh, Samich and Magic and I were on a show yesterday and we were analyzing that. And right before the break of both these races where he broke bad, he leans back. And like you can see his, for lack of a better word, his back end just leaning up against the back of the gate. Hmm. Well, that's logical that you're not going to break very well if that's what yeah. you're doing. So, um, yeah, that's that's the problem. So I, I, I don't know. 
I'm frustrated because I could be sitting here uh, this, well, let's say, you know, five, six o'clock on Saturday and simplification broke well, got good position and, and out galloped wide barrio and all of them to the wire. I think that's very possible. I just think if, if he is, you know, last or close to last again, he's not gonna be able to do it this time. He's not gonna be able to catch him. Somebody's going to beat him, whether it's classic Causeway, wide barrio, somebody will get the jump on him in the spot. So it's weird. It's weird. I, I, I don't know. I've never really seen a horse that had so much speed that he could set the pace in one turn stakes races and then be way back in two turns stakes races. It's unbelievable to me. Hmm. But uh, let's see. Horses who win the Holy Bull and skip the Fountain of Youth seem to have better success than those coming straight from the uh, Fountain of Youth in recent history. And that's absolutely correct. And uh, I know that's your track down there, uh, Mike. So I know that you know that very well. Yeah. Um, so I think, again, I, I don't like the horse, the fact the horse keeps getting a fever uh, time at Wada Barrio, but at the same time, this was the plan. So that's a positive. Uh, let's see if we've got anything else. Best shock in the world, Rosario on a closer try and exact a getter. Talking about, oh, Captain, did you just even consider anybody else in this race besides kind of the two you've talked about? I mentioned, oh, Captain. Yeah. I think that one's could get in there and get a piece. Um, the others, no. I didn't see much. Yeah, well, uh, Captain, he, he closed up pretty well last time out, so we'll see. Um, he you Here's the deal. You got to try somebody, right? You got to right. put somebody other than those favorites in there. He makes sense. Uh, the five-horse Papa Cap is one that... He makes sense to me, but he hadn't run well as a three-year-old. No, he, he, come, he comes out of that terrible uh, Breeders' Cup Juvenile. The only thing I can say is they, they've switched tracks. Maybe that helps. Um, but to me, he's he's got a pretty tough field he's got to beat here. I mean, uh, yeah. he did he was running against Epicenter, but there wasn't just a whole lot else in those fairgrounds races that he was in. So I don't know. It's, it's kind of a deeper field, in my opinion, than what he's been facing. So... I just, I'm a little bit eerie, like leery of him. I think I'd stay away from him uh, when it's all over. So uh, any other thoughts? We've got a couple more questions. We'll go, but any other thoughts on the Florida Derby? No, I, I just think it's interesting that this field's a lot better than the Arkansas Derby. It mm -hmm. seems to be done. Is there a Derby winner out of here though? Are they that good? I think the Derby winner is Epicenter or whatever comes out of the Santa Anita Derby. Yeah. So I'm going to say no. I think this is a deep group. I don't think there's a star in this group. Right. Arkansas, again, I I could, you know, Sunday morning we wake up and say, God, that, they're horrible. You know, that's just a bad group. Or we could say, man, that horse is progressing, you know, or the, oh, the Philly handled it. You know, mm -hmm. I could see it going either way here. It's really solid. Not gonna be shocked if like a derby winner comes out of this field, but I don't for me, I know would be the answer to both of the I don't think either one of them are gonna produce a Kentucky Derby winner. Um, here's a question from Russ, uh resident Arkansas guy here. Uh the extra 16th matter in the Arkansas Derby. Barber Road would have won, talk about the rebel at a mile and an eighth. My answer is yes, Barber Road will probably uh, you know, be able to beat horses uh, like Unoho again, but at a mile and eighth, not again, but this time. But I just think there's going to be better horses in this race. We the people. 
secret oath, even maybe a cyber knife. That's where the problem is. That's why I, I wouldn't mind playing Barbara Road underneath again, but I think it's a situation where he's always going to run into somebody that's just a little bit better than him. Um, what I mean, what do you think about that? No, I don't have any idea to tell you the <laughs> truth. I would ask you this. Will that extra distance bother secret oath? Um, it shouldn't. He it doesn't has look like the way that horse has galloped out after the she, wins. She has you know? a fantastic distance pedigree. Yeah. So it should not bother her. Um, absent-minded you know, was was fine going two turns, going a mile and an eighth, and then arrogant, obviously. Right? You know that so. was a horse, uh, absent-minded. That was a gutty, gutty horse. Yeah, I mean, she was good, and he just put her in races over her head. You know, or she could have won a lot of races. She was in horses a little bit more than what she should have been in. Yeah, no, totally right. Yeah, absent-minded, definitely. Um, I, I mean, she she did a good job. She won stakes races, but yeah, they he ran her a little too tough. <laughs> she would win the early ones and then and then struggle. Not really struggle, yeah. just get second and third in the later ones. So yeah. Uh, Sean Welch says, any thoughts on Morello? My dad is really high on him. I'm high on Morello. Uh, but the big question mark is going to be, what's he look like two turns? And we're going to find out next weekend in the Wood Memorial. Um, we'll see. He's looked very, very good in one-turn races at Aqueduct. But now we got to prove it around two turns. He's got to beat early voting. He's got to beat Modonigal. If he does, even even more high. I, he's kind of like, um, I've got him in like eighth, ninth, tenth range with a big star. It says, wait and see. Because we just don't know. And we're getting late in the game here. But you just right. don't know until they go around two turns. So, but yeah, I think he has a ton of talent, uh, Sean. So I, I, I think your dad is is onto something. He's he's pretty talented. So, mm -hmm. uh, Dennis says, by the way, one last note uh, on Arkansas Derby with Lucas. He didn't enter that horse in that. Uh, to he didn't enter the horse who finished second in the Rebel. I can answer that one. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't want to run two horses in the Derby, so yeah. he sent it up to run in the Bluegrass. Correct. Keeneland. That's a Lucas movie. He, when he had to in the past, he would do that. Yeah. 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 So. I think uh, different owners, I believe. Yep. yep. So he's trying to satisfy both clients. And uh, it's also a pretty good sign that he thinks secret oaths better than uh, the male. Yep. Uh, Ethereal road or something like that. Yep. So name yep. it. And, and it ran pretty good in the rebel. Be interesting to see how it does uh, in the, uh, in the bluegrass. So. Wouldn't Absolutely. that be cool if he'd go up there and win that and be winning to have uh, two possibly in the Kentucky Derby? That would be unfreaking believable. All the horse has to do, uh, talking about Ethereal Road, is just hit the board and he will definitely be in the Kentucky Derby. You say that lightly, it's the bluegrass. All you got to do is hit the board. Well, yeah, yeah. that could be easy. No. Yeah. Um, what I'll say about the bluegrass to me not counting the Jeff Ruby stakes, it looks like the weaker of the ones that are left. The Arkansas Derby might be bluegrass kind of looks pretty shaky right now, but who knows? We may get a surprise or two. Yeah. Like I said, two That's Lucases, no Bafferts. What a country magic says. So. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it really that is crazy. Great. Yeah. Yeah. That would just be a, Maybe a start on the United States getting back on his feet again, you think? <laughs> we'll see about that. 
I don't know. There may be two Japanese horses in the race. Yeah. Morals <laughs> may be coming back to this country, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. But and then Japan comes over and beats us. That would be yeah. Awesome. But I, I just uh that, yeah, that would be fantastic if that happened. And it would be an interesting thing. Let's say that that, that horse uh, wins the bluegrass and Secret Oath wins the Arkansas Derby. Does he put them both in the Kentucky Derby or would he try to win the Oaks and the, would that not be a double uh, play for the uh, man to go out on? I could see him strutting around on that one. I don't think he would need his cane if that happened that day. Don't you? Do you no, know? no. He may discard that for that, for the Kentucky Derby. We've 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 really got into the dream world, though. We're talking about this. So. You know, uh, here's how somebody told me one time: you can tell if D Wayne thinks he's going to win a big race, he'll have a suit on. If he just has jeans mm -hmm. on, he doesn't think he's going to win. So that's what I'm looking for on Saturday: is he going to be decked out in his winning clothes? Yep, that's an old uh, old adage there. See yep. what the owner and the trainer, or well, the owner's always usually dressed up. See what the trainer's dressed like. Yep. If it's a guy that just wears, you know, jeans and flannel shirts to the races, and he's got a suit on that day, uh-oh, maybe it's right. your time. <laughs> <laughs> I will quickly answer Isaac's question here for just a second. How we go? Oh, yeah. yeah. Horse racing, which we had talked about a little bit before. Uh, Isaac, it was strictly... Uh, uh, people t telling me how fun it was to go to Oaklawn. And I didn't know a thing in the world about horse racing at all. I was like typical horse racing people or people about horse racing. All I'd done is watch Kentucky Derby, the Preakness and the Belmont. Didn't know anything else ex existed. And I went and I enjoyed it. Had a great time. Thought it was fun. Kind of got delving into it and saw how interesting it really is and how challenging it is and how these horses go all over the country i didn't know that mm -hmm. you know i didn't know anything about it and then uh talked to aaron or made aaron go with me one time and he fell in love with it and that's pretty much the story yep. and uh that's just kind of what happened it really is it's and as simple as that yeah it is it's it is totally as simple as that aaron didn't want to go uh thought it'd be boring uh he got into it and he took it to the next level uh, which is great. Uh, the two horses for me that I would pick just off the top of my head, and I've enjoyed a bunch of them, and Aaron's more than me, um, is Curlin, who got the whole thing going for mm -hmm. me and Aaron, I think. Uh, outstanding horse, beautiful horse. That's, that's what he's the one that got me hooked into it to where I was very interested in watching not only the Kentucky Derby, the Preakness, the Belmont, but everything else he ran in. And then that's when I started realizing, hey, there's some big races after the Triple Crown that mean an awful lot of stuff. So he's he's the key. And my all-time favorite horse is Zenyatta, and it's not even close. So those are the two for me. Yeah, I guess, uh, you know, he said it. That's how we got into it. Back in 2007, we went. Uh, I went to the Arkansas Derby with him, and, and you know, the rest is history, they say. Uh, as far as, you know, the, the horse question, it it would almost be wrong. I mean, I mean, there's been other horses, American Pharaoh and Arrogant, and, you know, go on down the line that you loved. And maybe not even love, you just love to watch run. But 
it would kind of just be dumb to not say that Curlin and Zenyatta are the two most influential ones. Curlin got me into the game. Zenyatta got Jared into the game. We created racing dudes. Here we all are. So uh, Zenyatta is the horse on our logo. Um, you know, that's, well, it's not exactly, but what we bottled the horse on the logo after was Zenyatta. Um, and, you know, like I said, she really, uh, Jared was excited and then Zenyatta came and it's like, oh, this is the greatest sport ever. <laughs> and she was fascinating. And, uh, yeah. um, and then obviously Curlin uh, getting us into it. Yeah. And like Magic said, Zenyatta and Curlin got me a job and it's 100% true and magic. He, he got himself this job too. You bet. The same with Zenyatta, just a personality, just yeah. the personality of the horse. And she just captured so many people's uh, hearts when you saw her. Mm -hmm. uh, another one, and again, it, not on a this kind of level. Uh, oh, Dennis, you're so full of shit. Anyway, uh, Dennis said Rachel was better than Zenyatta. Okay, Dennis. Let me, let me tell you a little something. No, we can't start this. Rachel might have been in her prime, but Rachel didn't win, didn't run very long, Dennis. So she's not as good as Zenyatta. But anyway, uh, uh, I loved Whitmore. Yeah. I loved to watch Whitmore. I loved to watch him run. I loved his style. Yeah. And again, and 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 then the one that we you and I both love now, not a superstar, but his name's a superstar, rated R superstar. I yeah. always watch when rated R superstar is going to run because he's just kind of fun. So that's the special thing about racing to me. Obviously, the Zenyatas, the Curlins. Listen, we saw Rachel. She was unbelievable. I mean, yes. I loved watching her run. They're superstars, right? But then there's the, like horses and look, you'll have to, maybe some of you'll have to look these up like yeah. Jonesboro. Right, oh, what a fun horse! Absent minded, the dam of uh, yes. of secret oath. Remember uh, that horse Randy Morse had, Kate's main man, Kate's main man, Palanca City. Oh, uh, that little filly, oh, yeah, uh, uh, semaphore man, you know, yeah, uh, great, this Miss Macy one. Sue. I mean, you just go on down the list. Not alternation, you got a you got alternation you guys followed that horse everywhere alternation caleb's posse yeah absolutely that's what makes it cool maybe a couple big horses maybe maybe it was for okay for kevin it's catholic boy and the travers uh you know that that got him addicted to the game uh but then kevin you probably followed it. it's like no i like this one i like this one and maybe maybe the the main world doesn't know who these horses are but you do and you love them and you love yeah. to follow them exactly. um so yeah and and you learn all about them. You learn their personalities. You learn what they like to do and what they don't like to do. And that's what makes it awesome, right? Yep. Um, you know, I'm trying to, like, uh, for Jared, oddly enough, Stellar Tap, the horse that uh, we were at Saratoga when Stellar Tap broke the maiden and, and, and gave uh, Asmussen more wins than anybody in the history of the sport. Well, he's just always, he, we did a seminar before, and he gave out seller tap uh, to the crowd and, and he won. And he was like four, five, six to one. Jared will always be connected to seller tap. He's been awful since that. He doesn't care. He loves seller tap. I mean, yeah, that that's what it's all about. Yeah. Kevin says uh, the, the Catholic boy Travers was his first live, live race, wagered too much money on him, got me into the game. Not my favorite horse, just the one getting me yeah. into the game. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's Curlin for you. For sure. It's yeah. no question about it. And yeah. I'll never forget that day. Yeah. Uh, because I didn't know hardly anything either. And I'll never forget the guy that was, we were standing by that yeah. day. 
because yep. uh, he was behind over on the on the back stretch and neither one of us knew very much then and and we we had bet some money on him and f- for us a lot of money and yeah he was dogging it looked like and the guy goes don't worry about it the race is just about to begin and he took off and sucked him under and that was quite a thrill it really it, was it is it is really funny how um little I knew, right. Watching that race. And he was only like three links behind. Yeah. And I was like, shit, we've lost this one. You know, like, cause I didn't, I no. didn't know anything. Well, That's the other we... thing you got to realize. I knew nothing. We did not grow up around horses. We didn't grow up around horse racing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, when I went in 2007, I knew nothing. And that's the story I always tell them. It's like, I was having a great time. I watch all these horses. And then I watched that one. And it's like, even though I knew nothing, I knew he was special. Yeah. You know, it's like, wow, like that. He's, he's yeah. unbelievable, this horse. So, yeah. Um, and then you fell in love with Oakland. Well, yeah. And, and all of the characters. and Yep. Then uh, you, you build. You build on from there. Yeah. And this guy we were talking to had an Ohio State sweatshirt on. Yeah. With that. Yep. And he was from Ohio. And he comes to Oakland every every spring and just stays. Yeah. I used to see him every now and then. I haven't seen him in a long time. No, he was, he was, he probably, he may not be with us anymore. I don't yeah. know. Uh, JL says COVID got me into horse racing. Thanks COVID. <laughs> JL, a lot. That's a lot of people. A yeah. lot of people. Wasn't um, anything else to do. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, Seattle slew. Yeah, that was a good one. That was a very, that's a good one. I, of course I wasn't alive when that happened and you weren't interested in it probably, but you, you don't know, you may yeah, remember. Well, triple crown. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Matoli was great. Um, no doubt. I love to watch that one run. Hey, Matoli versus Whitmore. Uh, one, one Arkansas Derby undercard was fantastic too. Yeah. Yeah. Matoli was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, it's, it's actually my favorite thing. Friends new to the game panicking when a horse is not on the lead oh, yeah. at the first turn reminds me of me in the beginning. A hundred percent. Absolutely. I, I have family, uh, Heather's family that goes to Saratoga with us uh, every year. And, you know, they're not, they love to go to Saratoga, but they're not horse people. And that same way, they, that horse will break out yeah. and, and they're who they bet's a couple links behind. They're like, he's not going to run today. Yeah. Like, yeah. Don't worry about it. It's, it's, it's a mile and eighth on the turf. We're going to be fine. Here. Well, you so, know, the thing about Zenyatta that made her so special was she thought she was going to lose every race because mm-hmm. she was so bad. <laughs> They're yeah. so long in those races. Yeah. And that's what made her so excited. There's Clayton. Clayton, I thought you would mention your greatest handicapping of all time. Mandara. I can't believe I can't believe you didn't put that on there, Clayton. So yeah, Clayton, uh, uh Summer Bird. Yeah, Clayton yeah. picked Summer Bird to win Summer the Belmont Bird. Stakes. So that was that was fun. He was uh, a good horse. He was a very good horse. Yes. Yeah. Very good. I'll and never Mag- forget. Uh, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, as I say, Magic said Songbird and that she oh, was no, great. In Magic, I saw Magic get to meet Songbird and that was a, that was love at first sight. There's no doubt about it. But anyway, go ahead. Um, heck, I forgot what I was going to say now. <laughs> There's another four dead gummit. I, I can't remember. I lost my train of thought. Another horse you were thinking of? Yeah, yeah. that I really liked. I, didn't know, I don't remember. So anyway, but there's been so many of them. Uh, over the years that you fall for uh just like down at this is not the one i was going to think of but at will rogers on uh, monday the 10 yeah. year old rockport cat yeah that was cool 
Definitely. Ten year old just running its ass off down there. Yeah, it looked looked real good. Yeah. 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 Some Welder. Of just, How about the you talk about Will Rogers? What about Welder? Welder's another one of those. And and that was a horse that won, won over a million dollars and and they didn't even buy it. It yeah. was just a throw and they bought like 15 horses and there was this little skinny gray horse over there in the corner. And whoever bought him said, hey, would you throw that one in too? And they said, shit, yes, take that damn thing. And he won a million dollars. And those yeah. are the stories that, that make, you know, look at this. We got, we got people throwing these out here. I know. A block party says Lava Man. That's Yeah. A I vaguely one. remember when Smarty Jones was making that run. And, of course, that was at Arkansas. Yeah. And I think probably, I mean, Arkansas, of course, obviously, the Oakland's always been a big time track, but that really made Oakland big time when Smarty Jones came out of that because Smarty Jones was just a great name for a horse. A uh, Smarty Jones is fantastic. And another story, kind of a rags to riches type of story. Rags to riches, yeah. another good horse, uh, but, but a type of story with that one. A Fleet Alex, uh, you know, Catherine says, and, and, and Magic talking about a Fleet Alex's preakness, that was just incredible. Yeah. Now he won the preakness. Uh, I, I was going to mention, uh, Russ, uh, said he bet $200 on red again to win two years ago and won. thrill was unmatched. And that's right. Sure. If you, to, you know, you, just, <laughs> I don't know how you would run into red again, but if you saw that horse 15 years from now, like, Oh my God, red again, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Dennis, I tell you what did it, uh, for mine with gambling and handicapping. Yeah. Uh, Potomac river won at 37 to one, 12 to one and 20 and second at 26 to one. Win a grade three at four to five, 45 to one, and another at 14. Yeah, that horse would, would just jump up and run big sometimes. Yeah. Uh, I picked him because when he won at 37 to one, English Channel couldn't close at Indiana Grand, <laughs> and he did and ran third, uh, close or third, close last to finish in the stretch 13 horse field. That was exciting. Yeah, uh, that's definitely true. Um, Russ said, Yeah, Smarty Jones was the first race he ever saw. So, how can you not be a fan if the first time you go to the track you see Curlin, yeah. Smarty Jones? Yeah. You know I mean? <laughs> well, and you know, it was such a thrill because uh, Zenyatta ran mostly in California, you know, and at that time you weren't big enough, racing dudes weren't big enough to fly out to California to see the horse. Yeah. And the, the, uh, the connections loved Oakland so much. And then Oakland had enough pull. Of course, that was supposed to be a match race between her and Rachel. Alexander yeah. and Rachel knew Zenyatta had beat the shit out of it, so she decided not to run. But anyway, uh, so <laughs> I've always thought that. Anyway, just to have the opportunity to be close enough to a track where you can go see that horse. Yeah. I mean, it's one, you know, I've, I've been so fortunate to go to so many things. Uh, sporting events of major consequence that's one of the top 10 there's no question about it just seeing that horse and it wasn't the race it was easy for her to win the race it was just seeing the horse yeah apple blossom the second time senata that was incredible that yeah. was unbelievable that was like that was literally like a rock star coming to oakland so Oh, they treated it just like that. And they yeah. do, they do such a good job with that anyway. So yeah, Russ says you'll never forget red again, won five times at that meeting. And that's go. like with that sounds it's very similar to when Clayton, you know, handicapped Bandura won at like 12 to 1 that day, and then the horse just kept winning. So <laughs> the single best handicapping I've ever seen is when he got that horse. <laughs> I don't know whether he was lucky or not. You gotta know old Clayton. The it guy wasn't. he's just a good fan, you know. You never know what he's thinking. 
kind of dangerous when you don't know what a guy's thinking. But anyway, he's just sitting there and he comes back. He don't tell you he bets. He, right. just, he just disappears. <laughs> yeah, Who'd you bet? I took that six horse there. Uh, <laughs> I just hadn't done a damn thing. Yeah, well, I took the flyer. I, I don't know. It's got a feeling. I can't remember why he picked it. But anyway, yeah. smoked him. Yeah, yeah. winning five or six in a row. Well, and he won that day by the length of the stretch. He just galloped right away from him. Yeah. Uh, Block and, says, the race that could have changed my life, the Pacific Classic at Del Mar, twirling canning versus acclamation. I still hate Rosario for handwriting the entire stretch. Again, <laughs> we're just talking about, you know, we can sit here all day and talk about stories from the track yeah. like that. And it's that's what makes it awesome. That's yeah. why I fell in love with it harder than, you know, I, I love sports, obviously, but it's just like, yeah. And the man, thing is, like, you'll be around people you know down there this weekend. Oh, yeah. You're just yeah. going to sit around and talk stories. I mean, that's what you do. Yep, for sure, yeah. for sure. And, and uh, yes, there's another example. Mm -hmm. the horse racing guys are so evil. Smarty should have won that Belmont. <laughs> didn't didn't just barely got nosed out. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Dennis says his first Derby winner that he picked was Smarty Jones, and when he lost the Belmont, I cried and cried and cried. I mean, I was six years old. Oh well. So, um, um, Isaac, are you hard of hearing? We just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just answered that. Um, Dennis, don't feel bad. Heather was. I don't know how old she was. She was in her 20s when Zenyatta lost. Oh, well, I was in my 80s and I cried. So. <laughs> you weren't in your 80s. <laughs> All That's right. The we, most sickening I've ever felt. Yeah. We could go on for yeah. hours. We gotta get up. You have to handicap the full Florida I Derby do. card and give me your picks. And then I've got to finish up this guide. So uh, we got a lot of work to do. So, all right, stick around. Magic Mike coming up in about 35 minutes. And it's not going to be as good as this show, I promise no. you. But it'll be close, right. maybe. So, um, all right, guys, have a great weekend. We will see you back here on um, Monday. Uh, we'll recap everything we talked about today. And uh, I guess we'll just stay live all the way up uh, right until the national championship starts, maybe. I don't know. We'll see on timing there. But, uh, Anyway, have a good time, uh, everybody, this weekend. It's going to be a great weekend for us, and I hope it is for you as well. All right, we'll see you Monday. This has been a presentation of RacingDudes.com, your destination for all things horse racing and sports betting. Whether you want free winners, expert insider picks, up-to-the-minute trackside weather reports, or podcasts and videos for bettors of all skill levels, Never make another wager without visiting the Racing Dudes first.